Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass, and this is Dr. G's ADHD Chat, the show trying to make the world safe for ADHDers. I am a clinical psychologist and the parent of, <laughs> well, at least two ADHD kids and uh, very possibly an ADHD wife. Um, you know, that was not a diagnosis we thought much about, you know, 50 years ago, but it's, it's everywhere now. And I apparently married into a whole family of those folks. Uh, wanted to hit on this topic. I, I'm not sure why it took me so long, frankly. Uh, when I was uh, in grad school, I minored in addiction studies. And the whole time I was in the Air Force, every base I went to, I did the drug and alcohol evaluations. So I've had at least some experience with it, um, much more than, than most, I would dare say. And one of the things that ADHD does is makes it more likely that the ADHDer will have a substance abuse issue, okay? The, you know, we know that some of, I mean, it's the whole what causes what is very mixed in this, this whole thing, okay? It, with alcohol, it's more likely trauma. Uh, you know, what you get is uh, you get two brothers raised with an alcoholic fa father, and one of them becomes a hopeless alcoholic, and the other becomes a teetotaler. You know, so did the environment cause the one to be an alcoholic and not the other? There's, you know, I mean, there's pretty much no way to tell, and it's a, a, it's a hard question at best uh, to ask. But um, alcohol abuse and just general substance abuse, you know, I mean, you've got people who are impulsive by definition. One, one of the characteristics of ADHD is impulsivity. And, you know, you get a bunch of kids together, ADHD teenagers are more likely to try drugs. Uh, and then maybe they settle on alcohol. Who knows? But alcohol is, although it is very common, you know, we have all kinds of shows that show a lot of drinking. Um, and without much in terms of the way, you know, of the consequences thereof. You know, I mean, like you look at, oh, what is that? Uh, it's a police show about an Irish uh, family in New York. Let's just leave it at that. We'll uh, escape the lawsuit, hopefully. But every show, those people are, they drink a lot and they drink for all kinds of reasons. And uh, it's, Alcohol is not, in spite of being a very common substance and readily available, can cause harm. Can cause, I mean, matter of fact, it causes more deaths than any other substance, uh, more than the opioids, although the opioids get a lot more, of it, more attention, you know, in the dreaded fentanyl epidemic. Alcohol still is killing more people 
uh, than those substances, than the opioids. And the rate of alcohol abuse has increased, you know, and it's not just COVID. It was going up before COVID, uh, but COVID certainly did nothing to slow it down. Um, and like alcohol-related deaths have increased substantially. It's, it's well, it increased 2019, it increased uh, by 20, 25% over the previous year. Uh, I mean, that's just huge. And, uh, you know, that's not counting car accidents and other accidents that happen because uh, somebody's inebriated. That's it, just huge. Um, and it is related to a lot of other mental health issues. Uh, you know, I mean, there are some people who drink sort of reactively, kind of like if it's going to help them make, make them feel better, or deal with stress, that sort of stuff. That's kind of the dangerous stuff. And the other is just, you know, so I can uh, relax at this social gathering kind of thing. And that's supposedly not as bad. Although if you go to any social gathering, wedding, whatever, by the time, you know, people have been drinking for two or three hours, it's not all that pleasant an environment, honestly. That's when the cousins usually get into it and all kinds of trouble ha happens. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the issues are, are substantial here all, all the way through. I mean, I can't sugarcoat that at all. Um, and I, But I know that... Uh, Let's see, what is it? 140,000 deaths for adults between the ages of 20 and 64. Uh, and that's 2015 to 2019. And typically, traditionally, uh, alcohol abuse was a man's disorder. Uh, you know, back in the days when men used to go to the saloon which is no different from going to the pub, uh, you know, and uh, drink it up and all that sort of stuff. It was considered a man's problem. And, you know, even most of the early uh, abstinence programs were woman-led, you know. It's, and it's, it's, well, it's, it's interesting, but women are catching up. Uh, excessive drinking among um, among women is is growing rapidly, and uh, women typically have more effect from alcohol. Uh, it, you know, they're typically lighter in body size and all all that. So, what one sh one shot. Of bourbon, say, does uh, to a woman is going to cause much less problems for a man. You know, that's why even the recommendations, which I'm not sure how closely we should follow those, uh, say a, a man can drink uh, two drinks a day, a drink being, you know, a shot of uh, liquor, uh, 12 ounce beer, uh, four ounces of wine. Um, and a woman should only be drinking one. 
of those. And um, even with that, even like one drink a day can cause health, significant health problems in terms of cancer, heart disease, that sort of stuff. They, they don't, um, I don't know, uh, you know, um, sure, a significant number of the folks who are watching this right now drink fairly regularly. But I know for me, anyway, if I drink two drinks every day, by the third or fourth day, I am not feeling like normal. And I wonder about other other folks. And uh, I'm not by any means a teetotaler. I don't come from a long line of teetotalers. Um, so uh, it's a... I would say a relatively unbiased opinion. I think if you drink every day, you're probably fooling yourself as to whether or not you have some issues. Um, and you know, causes, like I said, I never said earlier, causes are all over the place, but they're saying at least 50% of it comes from environmental stuff, traumas and, and that sort of stuff. And uh, parents who are alcoholic, which is a trauma, I suppose. And then the genetic components are all over the place, you know, and it's usually, and I, even when I was first studying alcoholism, uh, we were taught that uh, some people just process alcohol differently than others. You know, you get the stories, oh, I, uh, I knew I was an alcoholic. First time I ever went out for a drink, I drank everybody I was with under the table and didn't feel a thing. Or I've been a drunk for 20 years, but I've never had a hangover in my life. I guess we don't really have a lot of proof of that sort of thing. We do know that uh, people who are more impulsive, <laughs> duh, <laughs> and uh, let's conscious and self-regulation issues, uh, which are pretty much the ADHD population, uh, have more troubles with, with alcohol abuse. Um, it's, you know, inhibitory control. Why don't you have it? Well, we know you why you don't have it. Your neurotransmitters aren't quite what the norm says they should be. And that's, uh, you know, that means somebody says, hey, you want another drink? And You've already had one and you have another or you've had two or three and you, uh, why not? You know, no big deal. And that's the fascinating thing about alcohol is that we kind of think of it as safer and, you know, got to watch out for those terrible drugs like heroin and that sort of stuff. Those will kill you. Frankly, uh, alcohol is more dangerous than heroin. I imagine I'll hear, hear about that one. Okay, but, you know, if you withdraw from heroin, you're an addict, you withdraw from heroin, it's going to be like you've got a bad case of the flu. You know, you might throw up, have diarrhea, you know, and all sorts of unpleasantness. But it's probably not going to kill you. But if you're an alcohol addict, that is, you need alcohol to feel normal, and you all of a sudden stop, it, you can die. Delirium tremens, which is when you go through withdrawal from alcohol, uh, is, will, can kill you. 
Um, and basically it has to do, you know, every, your body has a whole bunch of uppers and downers, okay? And uh, when you're drinking a ton of alcohol, your body increases its naturally occurring uppers, stimulants, okay? So, and then all of a sudden you quit drinking and that load of depressants isn't holding everything down. So it's, it's a nice balance. It's the stimulation is way up through the roof to such an extent that, you know, your heart can <laughs> basically explode or blow up a blood vessel or, th or that sort of thing, or your blood pressure shoots so high. Um, and you know, that's, uh, why, uh, alcohol withdrawal is not something that you should mess around with. Uh, when I was doing an internship in, uh, VA inpatient alcohol treatment program. We were getting guys that were scraped up off the streets in uh, Tucson, Arizona. You know, they were they were living on the street. They were drinking whatever they could get their hands on. They weren't eating. They weren't working. They weren't doing much of anything. And then they'd be unconscious on the street, and uh, the police would call the ambulance and they'd bring them to our hospital and they would go through a detox. And then sometimes it was a few days, sometimes it was a few weeks. It was done based on how badly the alcohol affected them, okay? And it was dangerous. So it was medically supervised uh, combination, well, of a depressant medication, barbiturates, and and then it was those that was gra gradually withdrawn and until finally you could you were stable without any uh downer kind of medication on board balancing out the uppers and that your body was naturally creating and so you'd see some you know and then then they, they would be transferred to our ward and for like two or three days, all they did was sit in the community meetings and shake. And then about, you know, third week or so, they would all of a sudden, hi, I'm Frank and I'm an alcoholic. And those would be the first words we ever heard him say in, in the community. Uh, so it's nothing to, it's not a benign addiction. Okay. It is terrifying. Uh, you can have well, when you're going through withdrawal, you can have hallucinations, you can have seizures, uh, and you know other other nasty kinds of effects. And um, like I said, it's not the kind of thing where you should lock a guy in a room and uh, wait till he stops screaming before you let him out. <clears throat> that may end up being fatal f for him and life-changing for you. Uh, so it's not, not something you should be doing. Um, and alcohol, okay, I've been doing alcohol stuff for a long time. There have been every few years, you get a bunch of research that suggests that controlled drinking or some variation thereof uh, is good enough is will um, help, you know, will help alcoholics more than the 
traditional programs like AA, which are total abstinence. Okay, the, well, I know when I've been around, you know, groups where we have alcoholics are so, who so, are so extreme that they've had to be hospitalized, you always have, have them, have, you know, one or two of them saying, yeah, I tried controlled drinking, look where I am. Or, you know, a counselor, an alcohol counselor who's, yeah, I tried that controlled drinking stuff and I had two more hospitalizations before I was able to quit completely. So it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's, you know, unusually optimistic um, researchers or whatever, but if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If it sounds too easy, it probably is. I know from a lot of years of experience watching uh, people go through withdrawal and, well, and, and trying to get to abstinence, that it's not pleasant and it's not easy, you know, that making that first year, you know, to get your first year chip if you're an AA, I, you don't usually get there the first time. Let's just put it that way. And sometimes, you know, two or three times they've fallen off the wagon and had to restart it. But so alcohol, you need to take it seriously. Okay. I guess that's the bottom line on all this. And it's, like I said, there's still a lot we don't know about it. Okay. What we do know is that it's dangerous. It can cause death and not just from car accidents, but, you know, just from the actual ab, uh, act of abusive drinking. Uh, and um, it tears up families. Uh, you know, if ADHD didn't do enough, <laughs> alcohol abuse will do even more. And it doesn't do anything good for an alcoholic. Uh, it tends to make them even more impulsive and frequently more angry than usual. Um, so we don't recommend it. Okay. And, um, you would, you would wonder about combining it with other drugs that might be used with ADHD. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in future shows. I'm, I'm planning on going through a bunch of different, uh, medications or not medications, uh, yeah, some of them are medications. Anyway, su substance of abuse and particularly how they are related to uh, uh, impacting uh, with ADHD. Okay, I uh, will catch you next week. And I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass. Uh, my website is terrygingrassphd.com. Uh, you can sign up for my uh, list and... Um, Trying to get this organized, okay? Uh, I have been a psychologist for 40 years. I've been in private practice for 20 years. I'm trying to slow it down the private practice and do more on the internet kind of thing so I can reach more people. Uh, but it's tricky. It's it's not as easy as running a private practice. It's <laughs> you, There are things you can screw up because of the technology you can screw it up because you forgot uh, all kinds of stuff so just be and advise that i'm doing the best i can uh and trying to be helpful okay so 
sign up. If you don't get good stuff, let me know. Please let me know. Uh, and if you have ideas for new shows for me to do, please let me know. Um, I've been doing this for about eight years now. Uh, and occasionally it gets, the well gets a little dry, as they say. Okay, I will catch you next week. And uh, remember, we need ADHDers. We need ADHDers who are confident and know how to compensate for their ADHD because they are the problem solvers, the ones who are divergent thinkers, the ones who see new solutions to problems that uh, convergent thinkers just don't see. So we, we need some of that. We don't train it in our school systems and uh, we'd be in a mess without it. Okay, catch you next time.